everyone, my name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So good day to all, and thank you for joining me for another segment of the sensational Made of Metal podcast with myself as your sweet and scintillating storyteller. Okay, I'm like a huge, huge bookworm, so I so, so appreciate some good alliteration. Such an underappreciated art form, in my opinion. Wow, I feel like I'm doing it now. I can't stop. Please send help. (laughs) So this week, it's the week of March 21st. Um, I record these a week in advance. We are still celebrating one of my favorite months of the year, Women's History Month, with some really awesome stories about some really awesome women. Last week, we learned about the infamous Anne Bonny, one of the most well-known female pirates of the golden age of piracy. Now, that story was so interesting to me. I dove head first into the wormhole of learning about pirate history, and I learned there were a bunch of lady pirates. But I really wanted to learn more about a figure that was less well-known, that's my thing, but just as impactful if not more, in their piracy pursuits. And again, I'm telling these stories to highlight that a woman's choice and occupation does not determine her worth. So I wanted to tell another story about a woman who decided that the pirate's life was indeed for her. (laughs) Now, the individual we'll be discussing today is one of the most prolific female pirates in the history of piracy. And she wasn't just going up against any small ships. This individual was challenging massive military superpowers like the British and Portuguese Navy. In spite of growing up with limited options for her and her family, she saw an opportunity and seized it. And again, I am a huge hippie, so I am all for equality of work, respecting everyone's choices as long as they're not hurting yourself or other people, and contributing to a greater good. I wanted to focus more on this person's individual story of rising to a position of power as someone who is traditionally suppressed and viewed as a person of weakness, often as the lowest in society. Oh, and this individual was one of the major pirates featured in the Disney movie series Pirates of the Caribbean, okay, which was an amazing franchise, I will admit that, on record. And... It made me fall in love with Keira Knightley again, which I didn't think was possible after Pride and Prejudice. But that girl, she just doesn't quit. And plus, who doesn't love Captain Jack Sparrow? So without further ado, let's get right into it. But I did want to put a little trigger warning for this episode because this episode references brothels and sex work. So please bear that in mind. This episode also features names that I'm not familiar with saying, basically, So I practice the pronunciation for days, but if I am getting anything wrong, I truly apologize. You can totally rip me, but I just wanted to caveat that as well. So this week we'll be discussing the captain, the consort, the commander, Shi Yang, or by her more well-known moniker, Captain Ching Shi. Jingxi was also called Cheng Yi Sao. So she had about three names, Shi Yang, Cheng Yi Sao, and Qing Shi. 
Ching Shi is actually her most well-known one. That was the one she used while she was essentially a pirate. So that's the one that I'm going to use. So Ching Shi's early life isn't as well-known as with most historical accounts. The further back you go in history, there's a lot of oral history being documented way after the fact. But I always search for the most factual and reputable accounts to share with you all. Ching Shi was born around 1775 in the Guangdong province of China in a bustling port city on the waterfront. Ching Shi's family lived in abject poverty, which was the norm for most of the populace during that time period. As such, when Ching Shi became of age, she was forced into prostitution to help contribute towards helping her family. Ching Shi began working for a brothel on a flower boat, which were popular in China at the time, as they were considered better options to traditional brothels on shore. The boats would float up to the docks for their customers, then leisurely make their way along the coastline until they returned to shore. These boats also attracted a certain clientele who valued discretion and privacy. Ching Shi became well-known within the area for her beauty and charm. Thus, she had a long list of clients who were eager for her time. This particular line of work exposed Ching Shi to people at all levels within society, from military statesmen to wealthy traders to hardworking farmers. Unfortunately, as I said in the beginning, not too much is known about Ching Shi from this period other than she was one of the most coveted in her area, which lends more credibility to this next point in her saga. It was around 1801 when Ching Shi was in her 20s that she would meet her future husband and co-captain. Cheng Yi was an infamous pirate around China and quite well known for his plundering pursuits. The story is that Cheng Yi was visiting the city when he'd happened upon Ching Shi. Cheng Yi was immediately taken by Ching Shi's beauty and wit and promptly began visiting her at the brothel. It's said that during one of these visits, Cheng Yi confessed his love for Ching Shi and asked her to marry him. Ching Shi's response was that she would marry him under the conditions that Cheng Yi had to agree to share 50% of his profits from piracy as well as control of his pirate fleet. Naturally, Cheng Yi agreed and an alliance of love and piracy began. I thought I was already impressed, like so impressed with this girl from making some serious sacrifices to provide for her family. But these negotiation skills are blowing my mind. Ching Shi wasn't just interested in being a consort for Cheng Yi, but wanted to be his equal, splitting the work and spoils accordingly. It also demonstrates that Ching Shi had drive and ambition of her own. She didn't have aspirations of working at the brothel forever. This girl had vision, and she knew a great opportunity when she saw it. And of course, there's many iterations on that part of the story as well. But one thing is true, that Cheng Yi and Ching Shi were married and began their reign of piracy promptly after. Just one year into their marriage, Ching Shi proved herself to be a worthy ally. Cheng Yi was an ambitious man and always sought to add to his fleet. When an opportunity for a crew that previously belonged to enemy forces became available, Cheng Yi took the chance. 
introducing and integrating two groups who were previously enemies isn't just difficult, it's mostly impossible. But Ching Shi stepped up to be a mediator and helped to bring the groups together, eventually ending up in one of the most lucrative pirate confederations in history. And with that, Cheng Yi and Ching Shi's legacy was born as they commanded the legendary Red Flag Fleet. Just to give you the context of just how much Ching Shi's presence contributed to their success, I thought this was a great little factoid. When Ching Shi married Cheng Yi, the fleet only consisted of about 100 to 200 ships, but within months of their marriage, the fleet grew to a whopping 1,800 ships. Ching Shi was also instrumental in introducing a pirate code that every crew member had to abide by in order to join the fleet. And these were groundbreaking rules, with some that specifically benefited women, such as no rape or infidelity, they couldn't capture weak or pregnant women, and any women captured were only held for ransom. But they could marry if there was mutual consent. And these rules were considered zero tolerance, meaning if you broke one, death was the punishment, beheading specifically. I have so much respect for Ching Shi at this point for not being afraid to assert herself as a leader, but also for setting high standards for her crew. There are plenty of people who are not pirates who don't follow these sorts of codes. So to have a band of buccaneers have such strict rules was highly unusual. In such a short time, it is obvious that Cheng Yi and Ching Shi's union was a huge asset and contributor to the success of the Red Flag fleet. The couple were also surprisingly progressive and practical as leaders, looking towards the future and seeing their need for an heir. Ching Shi and Cheng Yi weren't able to conceive a son, so there were no obvious heir to the fleet when they passed on. The couple decided to adopt one of Ching Shi's lovers, Cheng Pao, and the young man was added to the crew as second-in-command to Cheng Yi. It was reported that this decision was based on Ching Shi's urging, just in case something were to happen to her husband. Sadly, Cheng Yi would pass away on the ship during a particularly tumultuous storm, which resulted in Cheng Pao becoming the new captain, and Ching Shi the second-in-command. Of course, after the death of Cheng Yi, there was an internal power struggle, which resulted in Ching Shi having to intercept and address a potential coup. After reestablishing herself as the leader, Ching Shi swiftly dealt with her detractors in a public execution to deter any future coup attempts. Shortly after, Ching Shi and Cheng Pao would be married and the Red Flag Fleet ascended into complete control over the South China Seas. They were able to capture entire cities of people who supplied them with the provisions and resources they needed, as well as the manpower. Every ship that crossed their seas had to pay a fee to the Red Flag Fleet, or they would be targeted for capture. So they were taxing. 
Even the British and French were fearful of the Red Flag Fleet as they attacked their ships mercilessly. The Emperor of China at the time even tried to send his own fleet to challenge the Red Flag Fleet. The Emperor sent his fleet to confront and, air quotes, destroy the Red Flag Fleet at his command, which to me is just insane to believe considering how the Red Flag Fleet were basically a superpower of the seas at that point. So, what, Emperor? Of course, when the ships met for battle, the Red Flag Fleet was the clear winner. But instead of obliterating the Emperor's army, Ching Shi offered them to join her crew and spare their lives. (laughs) Again, this woman was like an incredible leader, an awesome captain. She knew her worth. And she knew how to negotiate. These are skills that are so often attributed to men, especially in the olden days, that it's so surprising to see this being documented with a woman in power. The exchange ended with the emperor's ships choosing to join the Red Flag Fleet, which did nothing more but incense the emperor. Not to mention, I mean, it was absolutely ghastly that a woman held so much power, influence, and resources— Obviously, we can't have that. No, we got to put a stop to that. In response to the failed battle, the emperor offered amnesty to everyone in the red flag fleet that chose to surrender, which I know sounds bad. But at the same time, the red flag fleet was in the midst of battling the Portuguese army, whom they had beaten twice before, by the way, but which had grown exponentially and thus were a more worthy opponent. Ching Shi recognized the losses that would come to her fleet and decided to preserve her dignity and the lives of her crew. So she would accept the emperor's deal for amnesty if they ceased their pirate regime. But again, it was actually one of the greatest deals ever inked in that the deal included allowing the pirates to keep all their booty when they surrendered. It's reported that some former crewmates even became statesmen of the government. So ultimately, none of the pirates were prosecuted. They got to go home with all their loot, and some even got government jobs afterwards. Like, is that not the greatest retirement plan you've ever heard? Chung Pao became a pirate of the Navy, and Ching Shi was able to have two children within her retirement. She even invested in several businesses like a casino and, you guessed it, a brothel. Sadly, Chung Pao would pass away on a naval mission on a boat, just like her first husband, and Ching Shi would live out the rest of her life in peace and luxury. Ching Shi passed away in 1844 at 69 from old age. This woman was the definition of determination. Honestly, I mean, Ching Shi's story for me was eye-opening because it demonstrated how women can truly excel in any leadership position when given the opportunity. Women are so often overlooked or not considered in leadership positions because of sexism and stereotypes surrounding their ability to rule. Ching Shi left a legacy of excellence in a traditionally male-dominated industry commanded a fleet, rebuffed a coup, won several battles at sea against the Portuguese and British Armada, 
truly ahead of her time with her ability to negotiate. I mean, this woman would have absolutely killed it on Shark Tank. (laughs) And she was just a person who did not allow her circumstances to determine her future. I really wanted to share this story because I feel it's important to highlight the stories and struggles experienced by all women of all walks of life in all situations, regardless of the path they chose or the cards that were dealt to them. Ching Shi was a prostitute who became the commander of one of the most powerful pirate fleets in history. And I can almost bet that her ability to negotiate so well with men can be somewhat attributed to the time that she spent doing just that at the brothels. So her time at the brothels was important and valuable. Although at the time, I'm sure while she was experiencing it, the situation seemed devastating. You can't choose the cards you're given, but you can choose how you play your hand. And I think it's safe to say that Ching Shi played her hand well enough to win the jackpot and more. So you can check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com and you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And that's Made of Metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. I've also, really exciting news, uploaded my episodes to YouTube. Yay! So you can just search Made of Metal Podcast on YouTube. And I've posted a lot of my episodes. I think pretty much all of them are archived up there. So check it out. I'll also be, yay, releasing a giveaway on April 1st. So please stay tuned if you haven't joined my mailing list. This giveaway is exclusive to individuals who are on my mailing list. You can join that list at madeinmetalpodcast.com. So I wish you the best of luck. And again, as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening, for the feedback, for telling your friends, for sharing it on social media. Every single thing you guys do warms my heart. And every single comment I read is just absolutely amazing. So thank you so much. I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. Thank you.